that that matters. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Sports Hacks. I'm your host, Damian Bowman. I'm a f- along with my good friend, Mr. Josh Flagner. Josh, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm ha- we're good friends. I like being good friends. <laughs> are there bad friends? I mean, aren't there? Don't it, you have bad friends? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I don't know if I call them my friends, though, but I see where you're going. I see what we're doing here. Uh, pretty exciting week in Cleveland, huh? Uh I mean, at least we're not D.C. Yeah. Yeah, well, at least we're not D.C. That's actually a really good way to put it. <laughs> You're welcome, Detroit. Yeah. It, for, well done, Josh. Well done. Browns, though. I mean, yeah, it's going to be we're going to be coached by the special teams coach, I think. Yeah. So I. I, I mean. Who else could they have picked? Like, you really don't want to pull the the two coordinators, right? And I assume that special teams coach must have some type of head coaching experience from somewhere if he is the best, you know, choice here. But I'm sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong. No, look, it it isn't. It's not that I think that it's a a bad idea to have Prefer act as the head coach if Stefanski can't be there. Uh, I am... This, to me, goes all the way back to the inconsistency uh, in how the NFL dealt with the pandemic from the very beginning. And I'm not I don't want to sour grapes that Browns are in the playoffs. It's playoff time. The season is over. I mean, what do you we're going to go back and relitigate a, a bunch of shit that happened that can't change that doesn't matter at this point i'm not hanging asterisks on anything i'm not an asterisk guy like i don't none of that matters so that's not really why i want to go through the exercise of mentioning that overall i'm frustrated with the cleveland browns wild card round prospects but I am, and it's really only because I the NFL inconsistency just bothers me. Like I don't. It goes. The league should have allowed the the Browns time to recover and clean out the clean out the locker room and close the facility and do all the stuff that they have to do before that Jets game. They should have delayed that Jets game, uh, just like they delayed the Ravens games. Uh, it, and maybe it doesn't change and that that's an absolute possibility maybe delaying the jets game and giving the browns time to quarantine and do all the stuff that you have to do with the covid protocols doesn't change where they are today maybe that's true but the fact that they didn't even allow them to try is really really frustrating yeah, I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, not the year, but, you know, as they say in vision. Um, I think that they should have done what the NBA's doing. Not not the bubble, but splitting the season into two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know where they could have put a break in, but, you know, week eight or week nine and just give, every, you know, give everybody 10 days off or whatever the equivalent is to clean out all the COVID cases and to clean the facilities, like you mentioned. And then... This should be an off week for everybody, too, I think, just for the same reason, because obviously you don't know um, exactly what everybody's going to be going through as far as uh, cases of COVID and, you know, at home and, you know, uh, other people in the facility. 
but it seems like the best way to get the best product on the field, especially in a year in which you added a wild card team in each conference, it seems like the best way to maintain the integrity of those games is to just give everybody a week off. See, and that's the crazy, and and I agree with you. So, you know, I'm not, it's not like a point of debate for me. I, th- I think that that would have been a much better solution going into the season. But I mean, I'm just talking about during the season, the NFL chose the path they chose. Uh, fine. We're going along with it. We're closing our eyes and pretending that the pandemic doesn't exist. We're just adding some quarantine rules. Um, even if you did that, like hindsight wasn't 2020 during the week leading up to the Jets game. It was it was like immediate sight it was foresight like the nfl should have delayed that game and given the team time to try to make sure that everyone could stay apart do the quarantine do everything that they had to do and then play that jets game delayed they they could have done that they should have done that it's frustrating that they didn't and these constant COVID issues, the constant testing and quarantining and facilities closing, and all of that stuff is a direct result of the NFL not giving the team enough time before the Jets game, before they had to bring everybody together, before you had to put these players and coaches in a dangerous position. You could have delayed that Jets game. They could have. I mean, there's and. And to your point, the NFL could have added an off week this week, yesterday. I, I mean, I mean, the NFL is king. It isn't like the NBA's got to worry about who they're going to go up against, or Major League Baseball doesn't want to have games at certain times of the season, or you know, college basketball is worried about what other sports it's going to go up against. The NFL's king. I mean, the NFL could play the Super Bowl in June. Nothing, they don't have to worry about going up against anything. The NFL could say, hey, we're just going to delay. And not that I think that they, at this point, should delay the games this week. But at any point, they could have. And it wouldn't have mattered one tiny bit to them. They would rule the ratings and rule the money and rule the news and, and and be king shit no matter what. Um, so the fact that they have all that power and really all they used it for was to defend inconsistent decisions is really frustrating. So I wonder, um, two thoughts I have here. One, um, I'm not a fan of the extra wild card game and I, and, and as you know, I'm not, you know, a big Browns fan, but I'm interested in this game and I don't like the extra wild card because I think it hurts the Browns this week or this year because, now they're playing at 8.30 and no one can go out and enjoy the game. Um, two, um, you're right about when they can play the games and when they shouldn't play the games. From the start, they should have just said, you know, every um, infectious disease person in the in the world pretty much said it's going to get worse going into the winter. I don't understand why they couldn't just build in 10 days, you know, and I don't know if that was the league or the union or both or CBS, who has a Super Bowl, who said, hey, look, we're not going to move it or or what it was, you know, but it seems like, honestly, they should have played with fewer playoff teams instead of more playoff teams and found a way to get the players to agree to put, you know, those six or seven or eight or however many teams into a bubble for 10 days before. Yeah, I, I'm with you on 
on being pro bubble in every sport and every argument. So I'm with you there. I, I kind of dig the added wild card team. Like I, I like the extra playoff team. I think it's fun. It created more drama. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that as a fan of football in the league in the NFL, not necessarily a Browns fan. Uh, so it's, it's kind of two different arguments for me. You're right about it hurt, how it hurts the Browns a little bit. Uh, but honestly, I'm not going to make a decision on what I think about that based on whether it hurts the Browns this year. I like that. I think it's cool. I think I think more teams in the playoffs uh, in the NFL is good. I don't necessarily have that same philosophy across all sports. But yeah, in the NFL, ju- there are enough good teams to make that happen. Well, what, and I guess what I'm saying here is it's not that I don't like – the extra the extra wild card teams it's that but because the NFL is so locked into only playing on Saturday and Sunday because oh. of obviously the schedule the following week okay. and in the year of the pandemic when half the bars and restaurants are closed you know and and the ones that are open close earlier than they normally would i think that they put undue pressure on those venues you know i don't understand why and I get it. It's a uh, you know you can't dictate you know where teams are going to play, but I don't. I, and again, this is just because I'm in Cleveland. I'm saying this. I don't understand why East Coast teams have to play at eight thirty at night on a Sunday. You know why can't they play at one o'clock? And why can't? And I don't know if Seattle's hosting. Um, if Seattle were hosting, why can't they play at eight o'clock? You know because then it's yeah. you know the same thing on their on their side of the country. And again, I haven't looked at the schedule, but I know that that is a, a lingering issue. I mean, Pittsburgh might not even have fans in, and if they do, it might be like five thousand people. You know, and the same thing for yeah. for them in Pennsylvania. No, I mean, and that makes sense. So, but to me, like, that's just the NFL doing a poor job of schedule management, not necessarily having anything to do with um, COVID. I mean, I I would have to, I I would say the same thing, whether it was a COVID year or not. I mean, why would you make the East Coast, why would you force those guys to to be in a different, um, be in a different routine if you, you know, Seattle's playing Los Angeles, either one of those teams could host. They're in the same time zone way out there. You you know what I mean? Um, So, yeah, I mean, I just, the NFL really, for being the strongest, most dominant sports league, probably in in American history at the very least um, there a, a lot of its weaknesses are really being laid bare this year and I think a lot of them can be attributed to inconsistencies and difficulties in decision making around the pandemic but also it it's just kind of making us realize that they've always had some weaknesses and now we're seeing them more because you know we're talking about it more we're caring more about when games are scheduled and what's going on and where the travel is and all, and all that kind of stuff like i don't think that's ever been really good we it's the nfl's just kind of skated on criticism from it because it's always been the king right yeah and i mean this is gonna sound crazy but i think you know, as far as day-to-day management goes, I think, I mean, the NBA does a really good job. And in some aspects, the NFL does a really good job. And I would say in some aspects, Major League Baseball does a good job. But to go back to the scheduling thing, I mean, we see this in baseball in the wild card round all the time. You know, why would you schedule, you know, East Coast wild card games at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on mm-hmm. a Thursday, right, when everybody's at work? 
you know, and then you play the West Coast games at, you know, whatever you play them at or, or, or the scheduling thing. It's just it's it's difficult to see, you know, and I haven't seen Saturday's schedule, so I don't know, um, you know, who the late the last two games are Saturday. But my guess is it's probably more of the same over there. Yes, yeah, Saturday is uh, Indy at Buffalo, L.A. at Seattle, Tampa Bay at Washington. Those are the one, four, and eight games. Okay. And then Sunday's Baltimore at Tennessee, Chicago at, at New Orleans, and then Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Those are the yeah. one, four, and eight games Sunday. Yeah, I mean, so, they could easily flip those last two games, and it would be fine. I mean, I know it's only, you know, an hour time zone difference, but, you know, that that's that makes a difference for a lot of people. You yeah, know? And, and like I said, though, I think that that's something that should be done um, anyway. I, it, and especially in the playoffs and and there's a lot of there's a lot of you know prime time and you got to get the you know the the biggest matchups or the highest ratings in prime time and the NFL flexes games and there's all that shit that happens during the season and and that stuff happening during the regular season is all well and good and I can see where it matters but in the playoffs I just I, I think anyway you and I are on the same page and a lot of people are on the same page but the NFL is just the most dominant I mean it is absolutely absurd what the NFL um, what the NFL pulls in as far as revenue and TV ratings and all that all that garbage I mean it it, it's not going to hurt your ratings if you've got what you think is a marquee game on at four instead of eight you're not going to be any less dominant i bet it would do better at four o'clock that's why everybody loves that four o'clock window so much yeah i think those games do really well i mean it's nothing against sunday night football and i know that they're the quote-unquote king of the you know hill in the nfl but i mean 30 million people still watch those four o'clock games absolutely (laughs) absolutely so i don't think it makes that much of a difference adding a week or or putting in weeks or you know being flexible that's another thing that was really disappointed uh, that i was really disappointed in the nfl about this year was that there was just no flexibility they didn't they didn't add another bye week or at least or at least put a cushion in for possible bye weeks with you know covid related issues i mean i don't that that part of it was also just really frustrating that there was that they didn't build in any time like i said you know if cbs didn't want to move the super bowl like come on if the nfl told cbs to move the super bowl they move the yeah, Super Bowl. I mean, That's I mean, just you know, what they're, it is. They're, yeah, they're not up against the tournament and the Masters for another thirty-five days. Yeah, until after the Super Bowl. So, and there's nothing going on in February, like yeah. except for snow and Martin Luther King Day. That's it, yeah. or President's Day, or whatever. Well, nothing. And that's the thing. And and I, <laughs> like, I get that you wouldn't want to go up. You know that the overall sports landscape wouldn't want to see the NFL up against the Masters, and, and not that I necessarily see any future or think that there should be an NFL game in April. But if it were, it would crush the Masters. I, right. I, I mean, if it were up against the tournament, it would crush the tournament. It, it crushed the Masters this year. Yeah, I right exactly. So it doesn't matter. And I lied. I, I did lie. The week after the Super Bowl is the Daytona 500, which I know is not a big deal, but it is a week after. So, well, that's fair, and I it mean, would crush the Daytona 500. Would, correct. So, if the NFL came out four months ago, five months ago, six months ago, and said, "Hey, we're going to build in an extra week. The playoffs are going to be pushed back a week," um, 
the NASCAR Super Bowl is going to be the week of the Daytona 500. You know what happens? NASCAR moves the Daytona 500. Yeah, they change the schedule. Yeah. yeah, I mean they would they would 100 percent do it. It's, yeah, they'd play it. They'd run it on Saturday instead of Sunday. It's a it's a no brainer. Yeah. So anyway, and and now, so the, like the kind of the overarching theme about this conversation, and it you know, and it, it it it's frustrating to have to always you know, have the pandemic and COVID in the back of your mind, but like you just can't watch sports like without thinking about it. You can't sports without thinking about the pandemic. There is the college football playoff going to be delayed. Or the college, the championship game. I mean, no, I think they're going to play on Monday. I mean, they're playing in Texas, right? Or no, they're in Miami. So they're yeah. going to play. I mean, I don't, I mean, unless somebody comes up with a bunch of cases in the, you know, the next, you know, two days. Well, no, I, but there were, there were some uh, reported COVID issues at Ohio State is why I asked. Yeah. No, I, I think they're going to play. Yeah. I mean, the, the only flexibility they got is they moved the Rose Bowl to Texas just because Alabama threatened to not play, you know, if their parents couldn't be there. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I think that their plan is to, to play on Monday, no matter what, come hell or high water. You know, I, again, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. I think you, you know, you have just as much flexibility with college football as you do with the NFL when it's a championship game. Um, I think a lot of people would rather see that game on any day other than a Monday. Oh, um, God, yeah. It's so bad. I mean, same with basketball. I don't know why they're so locked in a Monday. Uh, that's a, you know, different conversation for a different time. Uh, but, I, I mean, uh, if they play that on Saturday, I'd be fine with that. You know, if they moved it back to the following Saturday, I'd be okay with that. But it's not going to happen. I'd be shocked. So let me hit you with another college football question. Yeah. Um, if you're Justin Fields, do you play? Well, you're stuck here, right? I mean, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Um, well, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily worried about perception. I mean, if you were Justin Fields, yeah. if, if that was your body... Mm-hmm. And now, granted, there's some stuff we know about. We don't know about a diagnosis, uh, but we do know there was no diagnosis at halftime. They just shot him up and sent him back out there. So if you're Justin Fields, do you play Monday? Um, 38-year-old suburban Damien says no. What would you have said when you were a 21-year-old? I had to play. I would play. Damien. Or urban Damien would say yes, right? But you have to, I mean, obviously we're talking about future earnings, right? I mean, that's, that's the elephant in the room in college sports. Um, I don't, it's tough. It, it's tough because you spent all this time since June going through all this COVID nonsense. And I'm not saying that the virus is nonsense. I'm saying oh, I get the, it. Pro, the protocols, the, mm-hmm. the daily testing, you know, the, the, the nonsense. <laughs> and here you are, you make it to the, to the championship after you've only played, you know, seven games instead of however many everybody else played or whatever that number is. And you have this decision to make, you know, and in the back of your mind has to be, you know, the kid from Florida who passed out on the basketball court and (sighs) right. Who they finally said was COVID uh, related. And then all the concussions and everything with the hard hits. And you're playing against, you know, probably one of Alabama's best teams they've had in the past 30 years, you know, and you have to make yourself wonder, is it is it worth it? And for me, again, 38 year old Damien, I say, no, it's not. You know, but I don't know how you live that down. Like you said, it is perception for him, right? But for me, if I'm his agent, I say, you don't need to play this game. Like, it's really not that important. So let me couch that in a different, let me ask you that question from a different point of view, because I probably agree with you. I was thinking about it from 39-year-old Josh. Um, Mm -hmm. 
and also I wouldn't play. But like you mm-hmm. said, uh, 21-year-old Josh might. I mean, assuming 21, 21 Josh, you, yeah. you'd play. You'd play. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't even think about it. All right, so if you're his agent, you're telling him not to play, but he'll probably play anyway. Uh, so I'm going to get two separate points of view. Okay. Uh, the first one is if you're his coach, his college coach, if you're Ryan Day, do you tell him to play or not? If he comes and asks you. And then if you're an NFL team or GM or scout or consultant or whatever, do you think it hurts his future earnings potential if he does not? Okay, so I'll do this in reverse. Um, To answer your second question, I don't think it hurts his uh, potential at all if he doesn't play. Um, I mean – We've, we've all said this before, right? We make, I mean, I, like I know a lot about college football and you know a lot about the NFL and you know, like it's not really the same thing. There's no transitive property there. Um, if I'm a, if I'm a NFL guy, I say, okay, this guy's looking forward to his pro day or, you know, his tryouts or, you know, whatever that process is, the combine and all that. And he doesn't want to take an unneeded chance because I don't know what the line on the game is, but my guess is that Ohio or Alabama must be favored by 11 or 12, I would guess. Um, and is it worth the potential knee injury to miss your draft? And, you know, you never make that money up, right? There's, you can't buy enough insurance to make up $15 million. It's just not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. As far as Ryan Day, um, I mean, you're not going to get an objective answer out of him. You know, so... No, not... If, if you were... So, like, I think that Ryan Day... I think Ryan Day would tell him not to play. Yeah, I think that most coaches would tell their players honest answers. I don't think Ryan Day is going to tell the press, obviously. (laughs) No, but but, but to that, I think, I don't know if... he. I think he would say, yeah, don't play, blah, 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 blah. And then I think he might say, but... And then give him, you know, a hundred reasons why he should play. You know, right. the other 80, 84 guys on the team, and you spent all summer going through all the COVID nonsense, and you know, you have this going on, and I got it, and this got it, and everybody was fine. You know, that's why I said I don't think he would give him necessarily an objective answer. Like a, I don't know if objective is a, is the right word. Um, Wide ranging truth, truthful answer. I don't, I, I don't know how to put it. Okay. So anyway, uh, last college football question, I think. Maybe there might be more. We'll see what happens. Um, Mm -hmm. Ohio State and uh, opened, or not opened, but was minus or plus eight uh, as of yesterday. Okay. So So looking at it right now, Alabama is favored by eight. Over under is 75. Mm -hmm. Uh, The money line is Alabama minus 290. Um, I I don't know what money line means. You're going to have to explain that to me one day. You're gonna have to have a. You're gonna have to walk me through all this stuff one day. Now, you know what? I will. I, I'll get somebody better than me. I'm being we'll serious. Get a gambling expert. Uh, yeah, no, that's fine. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm no cousin Sal, so I don't want to get into it too deep. But I will well, tell just you the that basics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Crimson Tide minus eight. I I really want to say, I really want to like Ohio State in this game. What do you think? Based on the spread or in general? Just in general. Based on the spread, too. I mean, we're not a gambling show. I'm curious about what you think right. about, um, you know, is it going to be a two-score game or a one-score game, I guess, really is good enough for what we're talking about. But I I, I like, I want to like Ohio State in this game. Yeah, I mean, full disclosure, I'm an Alabama fan. I don't think every – I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody knows that at this point. Um, 
It's so tough because I didn't expect Ohio State to... Not that I didn't think they couldn't beat Clemson. I guess I just didn't think it would be like that. Right. You know? And it's still... I mean, up until that point, they'd only played, you know, six games. So I still don't know what this team is I'm looking at. You know, so it's it's really tough for me to say, okay, yeah, they're going to match up well here. They're going to match up well there. But, I mean, Alabama's got probably the best quarterback that they've had at that school since whoever, right? And two running back or two wide receivers that are also really good. So I don't know, but I feel like if you're holding a gun to my head, which please don't do that, um, <laughs> I'll say Alabama by three. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a whole lot less confident saying Ohio state is going to win than I am saying it's going to be a one score game, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just I agree with you. I'm an Ohio State fan, but I I picked Clemson to beat Ohio State, so it's not like I'm, you know, a, looking at this from a a fan point of view. Alabama absolutely has the best team in the nation, um, and and I thought Clemson absolutely had the second best team in the nation, and Ohio State, I mean, just kicked the shit out of them. Do you do you think that that was you know if you play you know if this te- these two teams played each other ten times, Clemson will win. Nine out of ten. You know, I'm just throwing that number out there. No. Do you think this was just that one time, or do you think Ohio State? And I'm not trying to devalue their win. It's it's just a hypothetical percentage question, I guess I'm asking. Before watching that game, I would have told you that if Ohio State wins, it would be, you know, they would win one or two games out of ten. After watching that game and watching what happened, I don't, you know, I don't think Ohio State would dominate a 10 game series or, you know, mm-hmm. a, a 10 game simulation. But I mean, mm-hmm. holy shit, you, you, you can't watch a game like that and then think, ah, well, Clemson would beat them eight times out of 10. Like that was, I mean, that's a, at, at, at the, at the very least, uh, in Ohio, a coin flip over 10 games. I mean, because you don't, you don't, if you're a team that's only going to win one or two games out of 10, the one game you win is by a score late or, you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's, it's not just a curb stomping like that was. Right. Right. Okay. So I have, uh, one question here for you. I know you have to go. Um, four teams, eight teams, 10 teams, 12 teams, your, your ideal number here, eight college football playoffs. Eight. Okay. I, I, I think, and I maintain that um, one of the things I like about college football is that the regular season is important. One of the things that I like about the playoff system and initially keeping the starting off with a small playoff um, was that it kept the regular season important. What I think we've seen now that we've done this four-team playoff for a while uh, is that the regular season isn't important. It's, it's it's only important to three teams, right? I mean, you you very, very clearly see the haves and the have-nots. You very clearly see that Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State are in the playoffs almost every year, and then there's one other spot open that, you know, one of four other blue blood legacy college football teams can pop into. So what you've done is devalued the regular season more than it's ever been devalued for everyone except for five teams. 
and I, I don't think that I don't think that's good. I think to, to add on to your point there that I think a lot of people forget about is the conference championship games don't help this situation at all. No, that's I think true. That those further devalue the regular season because everybody's just trying to get to the conference championship game mm-hmm. so that they can get to the playoff. Yeah, I don't. And, and, and then you even saw the year that Ohio state was not the big 10 conference champion. They were in the playoff. Right. So it, it, it didn't matter. Like essentially you have to be, you have to start off the season. You have to be one of, you know, five blue bloods one of six blue bloods maybe and then if one of those teams loses a game or two maybe there's an open spot for a team like notre dame by the way that you know is going to get crushed by any of the other three teams in the playoff Mm -hmm. so you know i think you're able to create more storylines you're able to um create more drama you're able to give more spaces you're able to give more teams the opportunity to build themselves into a blue blood, into a big time gigantic college program. We were talking about, you know, Texas firing Tom Herman. And the question that I asked in our, in our Slack was, is Texas even a huge job anymore? Mm -hmm. I I don't know that it is. And they're not, it's not ever going to be a huge job again, unless it can compete for a championship. And with a four team playoff, it's never going to compete for a championship. Never. Uh, maybe maybe once every six years. Like, is that enough to build a dynasty? Is that enough to become a big-time program again? No. So what you're doing is you're, you're closing the door, right? Like, you're creating the wage gap. You might, you might as well just call the four-team college football playoffs trickle-down economics. You, you're, you're creating a humongous gap. What you have to do is open that gap up a little bit. Now, I, I mean, you know, 12 and 16 teams, I think that's probably too many. I think you need to go to eight and see what happens with eight. Do it with eight for six or seven or eight years. And if it looks like everything's awesome, then you found the right choice. And if it looks like things are still terrible, then maybe you change again. But I, I don't think that four teams worked. Okay, so I, I think eight's too many. I, you could talk me into six teams. I like four because it gets rid of the nonsense, but I agree with you that only the rich guys get in, right? It's a it's a very exclusive club um, because weeks ago it's hard to believe that they were even considering putting USC in the playoff, and they're absolutely not terrible. I mean, that's not the right word, but they are two rungs below everybody mm-hmm. else. Okay, I lied to you. I have one more question. Mm-hmm. Urban Meyer, yeah. if you're an NFL GM, would you even think about it? Forget the $12 million ask. In general, are you interested in Urban Meyer? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I don't have to if I don't have to worry about putting together a PowerPoint presentation to justify $12 million a year to my owner, fuck yeah, I'm interested. I mean, look, look I, I understand that the odds are he's probably not going to be a great coach. I understand that that doesn't happen often. It's not like Pete Carroll's grow on trees, right? Um, but he was so successful for so long and he's got such a great reputation among NFL players. Like, I think that that's something, uh, there's something to be said for that. There are so many Ohio urban Meyer coached Ohio state alums in the NFL right now that he, I mean, and, he's and got Florida. A, Don't forget about all the Florida guys. I mean, yeah. a lot of them are gone, but you're right. I mean, but a lot of them. Yeah. 
were very successful in the NFL. He's got a great reputation among NFL players. Uh, he's got a great reputation by extension, probably among a lot of NFL coaches, especially the rank and file NFL coaches, maybe not, you know, other top tier head coaches. Um, so, so sure. Do I think it's a flyer to bring him into the NFL? Yeah. I mean, am I saying that a team has to hire him and he's going to be great? No. I mean, it might not work, but he's been too successful for too long at the college level. Um, to not give him a try, to not be interested. Now, maybe I don't, maybe I'm not interested at 12 million. I'm not sure. You'd have to put me in that chair and tell me what my budget is first. Um, but I'm for sure interested in the overall. Yeah. I mean, I could see him at whatever his salary was at Ohio State. You know, we could have that conversation there. But 12 is just, I mean, like you said, that's Belichick and uh, Pete Carroll money. Like, you know, I yeah. mean, it just, you know, it doesn't make sense. And I see a lot of, you know, in, in the NFL, I could see a lot of, Pete Carroll and Urban Meyer. I think the transition works there too for those guys, and I think Urban Meyer would be, would be better in the NFL than Nick Saban was. You know, again because of the personality and yeah. and all the other stuff that mm-hmm. we didn't talk about. So yeah, I'm interested mm-hmm. too. But the twelve million dollars is just it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's the craziest thing I've heard in weeks. If you're going to talk me into it, though, I think talking me into it hinges on his reputation with NFL players and the fact that there could be a lot of guys who want to go play for him. I know it's not like the NBA things don't quite work out that easily, but you know, you're as a GM, you're not going to have an, you're not going to have a negative. Like that's going to be a net positive. Whenever someone is talking, whenever an agent and a player are weighing a contract or a trade, um, you know, the, the Urban Meyer is going to be my coach is going to be a, a heavy tip in in the positive category for you. So if you are going to talk me into that money, a lot of that has to do with lessening my future burden on building a team. I agree. Anything else? No, man, that's all. I think I'm good. Thanks for talking today. Where uh, Where can we find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Josh Flagner on on Instagram at Josh Flagner and uh, LinkedIn at Josh Flagner and Facebook at Josh Flagner. And uh, my email is Josh Flagner at gmail.com. So I, if anyone ever wants to talk to me and they can't figure it out, that's um, it's pretty squarely on them at this point. (laughs) All right. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram as uh, Damien Bowman. So same thing. We're pretty easy to find. Uh, Thanks for, Stop and Josh, and then we'll we'll try and do this again next week. Oh yeah.